Welcome everyone to Find Your Grind, a podcast that dives headfirst into the pursuit of one's passion and the passion of the pursuit. I am your host, AJ Kirsch, and to borrow a line from Troy McClure, you might remember me from such reality shows as WWE Tough Enough on the USA Network, the inaugural season of Dating Naked on VH1. You may recognize me from my interview with Larry King. You may know me as Brosif Joe Brody, the host and commentator at Hood Slam. Uh, you may know me from Rock the Promo, uh, which is a new thing that I'm very excited to be a part of, and I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but regardless of how you know me, thank you so much for tuning in to this, the third episode of Find Your Grind. And uh, we did not get an episode out last week. I had a couple unexpected same-day round-trip drives to and from L.A. That just completely wore me out. Um, but, uh, you know, I, it, this is not something that I'm going to stop doing, uh, for any reason. Uh, I'm just got to kind of find my rhythm and, and see if I can get this out with some, uh, semblance of regularity. So sorry about last week. Uh, thank you for, uh, tuning in again. And, uh, it gave me some time to come up with some ideas. I wanted to try a couple things with this week's episode. So we've actually got a couple segments that I want to, uh, try out, see how they feel, and see if there's uh, see what the feedback is like. One of them is going to be five minute time limit, where I spend five minutes and just uh, share my thoughts about something related to the world of professional wrestling, whether that's Hood Slam or independent wrestling, WWE, the art of pro wrestling, the business side, whatever it is. Uh, five minutes of pro wrestling. Uh, my fit tip of the week, which is going to be a tip that I share with you, just a little tweak or something to keep in mind if you're trying to make your health a priority and something that can hopefully uh, contribute to accelerated results. And also uh, Jukebox, where I'm going to share with you a song that I enjoy, uh, that I listen to if I need some motivation, if I just need a little pick-me-up, if I'm, you know, if I'm dragging my ass out the door at 2.30 in the morning to make one of those same-day round-trip drives to and from L.A., uh, what am I listening to <laughs> so that it doesn't suck as much? Um, I promise I will not play Nickelback much. Okay, I, I'm not sure I can hold myself to that, um, but it, I, it won't be Nickelback. The first one's not Nickelback. Um, I will let you know what it is uh, a little bit later on. And then uh, my guest today is the link to the future Anton Voorhees, an award-winning actor, professional wrestler at Hood Slam, and in a plethora of other San Francisco Bay Area uh, independent professional wrestling promotions. I think today's interview is going to be a two-parter because he and I talk uh, quite a bit, and I'm really working on keeping these podcasts under an hour. And so with these segments and with the interview, I'm going to break this up into two parts. And uh, normally, the interview portion of Finder Grind is... Uh, a talk with somebody who is pursuing a goal, whether it's to be a professional writer, musician. Uh, um, that, that, I mean, those are direct references to the uh, first and second episodes of Find Your Grind, respectively. So check those out if you uh, if you're curious. Um, but he and I get into uh, in the first episode. I mentioned that Find Your Grind is not only going to examine the pursuit of one's passion, but also we're going to talk about the issues that people encounter along the way. And with Anton and I both being involved in professional wrestling, one of the issues that both of us have encountered is uh, it's how we perceive our bodies and body issues. And 
I think a lot of people in professional wrestling, uh, no pun intended, but wrestle with that same issue. Uh, we grow up idolizing these Adonises, Adonai, Adonises. I don't know. We grow up idolizing these works of art in what is a business that relies heavily on aesthetics. And I think in pursuing that line of work, we kind of have a skewed idea of what a healthy and what a you know a good looking body looks like. So um, you know that's something that I've uh, wrestled with on a regular basis. I think because I am involved in pro wrestling and because I am you know I enjoy working out, but I think I have a different uh, approach to fitness, and I think I ha I'm a little bit harder on myself about my body than probably anybody else. And, um, you know, Anton is too. And I think a lot of professional wrestlers or anybody, uh, who's involved in a business that relies heavily on body aesthetics, uh, face that same battle. So we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that in great detail. Uh, that's going to be the interview later on. Um, but before we get to any of that, before we get to any of the new segments, I want to, uh, tell you how you can support this podcast because again, it's still in its infancy. Um, we're still, I'm still working on finding the voice for this podcast. And anyway, uh, you can support. I'd really appreciate it. And here's how you can do it. Um, you can follow me on social media, uh, facebook.com slash AJ Kirsch. That's K-I-R-S-C-H. I accept all friend requests. Um, I've got a public page, which is facebook.com slash I am AJ Kirsch at AJ Kirsch on Twitter and Instagram. And my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash I am AJ Kirsch. Earlier, I mentioned that I'm a contestant in the Rock the Promo competition, which is a uh, competition that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is running uh, out of his um, Seven Bucks Productions Digital Studios and with Studio 71. It's on his new YouTube channel. And basic, in short, it's a promo contest on, uh, I mean, he invited people to send in wrestling style promos. I sent in a promo as Broseph Joe Brody and uh, the character I do at Hood Slam. And uh, he selected it as one of the finalists. So now I'm in the running uh, to be the Rock the Promo champion. Um, I made it past the first round. And next round drops of all days on my birthday. Friday, August 26th, the next episode of Rock the Promo drops. And on Friday, August 26th, um, I'll be dropping the new promo on my YouTube channel. So subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash I am AJ Kirsch. And while you're at it, subscribe to the rocks YouTube channel. So you can catch every episode of rock the promo, uh, which drops around noon every Friday. It's youtube.com slash the rock. Um, if you like what you hear, um, please go on iTunes, uh, and rate this podcast, uh, review this podcast, uh, share it on social media with someone you think need needs a little shot of motivation or somebody who you think might enjoy hearing it or fuck it. Even if they don't like share it anyway, uh, it would be a big help. And, um, if you want to sponsor this podcast, if you have something to plug a show coming up, something you want to advertise, uh, or if you want to book me to host or provide commentary at a wrestling show, any public speaking engagement, to host an event, to act as an MC, either as myself or Brosif, um, shoot an email to aj.kirsch at hotmail.com. And uh, let's do some business. Um, upcoming events where you can catch me doing stuff. Um, I'm just going to steer you towards my social media because every Wednesday 
on facebook.com slash I am AJ Kirsch. Again, that's my public page, and I encourage you to like it. I post a list of like a month's worth of upcoming events, including Wrestling's Best of the West, Friday, August the 20th in Fresno, uh, Nightclub Fight Club on Wednesday, August 24th in Sacramento. Uh, again, I'm just touching on these. All the information is going to be on my social media pages. Um, but a couple I just wanted to touch on specifically this Friday I will be making my announcing debut on pay-per-view as the cage announcer for, get this, the Lingerie Fighting Championships. And what that is, is it's an all-female mixed martial arts league, um, and the competitors just fight in lingerie. It's exactly what it sounds like. And I announce the competitors as they enter the cage. It's, uh, It's not a bad gig, I'll admit. It's not a bad gig. Um, so the Lingerie Fighting Championships 21, Naughty and Nice, um, it's available on pay-per-view this Friday night, August the 12th at 7 o'clock Pacific, 10 o'clock Eastern Time, and any major cable or satellite pay-per-view provider will have it. Just look for Lingerie Fighting Championships. I'm the cage announcer, and it's my pay-per-view cage announcing debut, my very first MMA event. And uh, I'm pretty excited about it. I, I am cautiously optimistic that there will be more uh, LFC gigs coming my way too. So fingers crossed about that. And, uh, as I mentioned earlier this Friday, August the 12th, also around noon Pacific time, the next episode of rock, the promo drops on the rocks, YouTube channel. Um, I am not in it, but the promos have all been like, it's like American idol for promos, either they're spectacular or they're cringe worthy, but either way you will be thoroughly entertained. They're only about you know, six, seven minute episodes. So it's a nice little shot of entertainment. Uh, and, uh, yeah, my next episode drops on my birthday, Friday, August the 26th. It could either be the best or worst birthday ever. With that being said, let's get into five minute time limit. The following rant is scheduled to be about professional wrestling with a five minute time limit and is brought to you by pro wrestling tees. Pro Wrestling Tees, that's ProWrestlingTees.com, where you can find every single Brosif Joe Brody shirt ever designed. I only sell one or two designs at every Hood Slam. So if you miss G.I. Bro, the Big Lebrowski, Broba Fett, San Francisco, Bro, the Brooklyn A's, uh, Nickel Brody, and Guns and Broses, every Brosif Joe Brody shirt ever designed is available at Pro Wrestling Tees. Dot com. Just search for Brosif and it'll pop up. Brosif Joe Brody Tees on ProWrestlingTees.com, guaranteed to bro your mind. And we are underway. So, Conor McGregor, uh, one of the most outspoken and controversial UFC fighters in history, recently made a comment during a conference call to hype up UFC 202 that did not exactly rub the pro wrestling community the right way. Uh, when he was asked if he would ever step foot in a wrestling ring, he responded, quote, for the most part, those WWE guys are pussies. They're messed up pussies, if you ask me, unquote. Uh, yeah, way to make friends there, bro. Uh, predictably, this did not sit well with the WWE roster. Uh, Roman Reigns uh, replied with a tweet that said, you're the size of my leg. Shut up. Spelling your Y-O-U-R. Way to go, Roman. Uh, God, I, that bothers me so much. I would not even share a meme on Facebook if they use the wrong your or their fucking pisses me off. Uh, Sasha Banks replied, bring it, uh, (laughs) way to go. 
And uh, then Connor replied on Twitter with a tweet that said, I didn't mean no disrespect to the WWE fans. What I meant to say was that I'd slap the head off your entire roster and twice on Sundays. Uh, to which Kurt Angle replied on Twitter, very funny little guy, why don't you get your head out of Dana White's ass? So, uh, I don't agree with Connor's comment in that, for the most part, those WWE guys are pussies. Um, being a professional wrestler, especially at the level uh, that WWE is at, is one of the most demanding jobs in the world. Not just physically, where you're wrestling three or four, or sometimes five times a week, uh, but you are on the road year-round. There is no off-season. It's not like you're working twice or three times a year like Conor McGregor does, uh, you know, collecting a massive payday for each fight and then going home and doing whatever the fuck. Like, professional wrestling is a schedule that is demanding on a level that is near incomprehensible. Kurt Angle, who won an Olympic gold medal in 1996 with a broken freaking neck, uh, when he was signed to WWE, like a year into his career or something, he said, this is by far the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And again, this is coming from a man who won a gold medal in real wrestling with a broken freaking neck. And he's saying that the WWE schedule performing night in and night out is the hardest thing he's ever had to do. So Conor McGregor kind of putting his foot up his own ass uh, by saying, for the most part, those WWE guys are pussies. Now... Uh, if Conor McGregor were to step into the octagon or a ring or a back alley with just about anybody in WWE, uh, my money's on Conor McGregor because he's made it his life's work to beat people up, and he's among the best in the world at it. Uh, WWE, pro wrestling, the idea is to maintain the illusion of a fight while protecting your opponent as best you can. Uh, the WWE superstars, the entire roster, have They've made it their life's work to do just that. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of short-sighted on the part of Roman Reigns to be like, you're the size of my leg, shut up. Conor McGregor's like, what, 150 pounds? He's not a big guy, but he's dangerous. And Roman Reigns, as big and strong as he is, all it takes is one well-placed punch or kick, and you're done. And, you know... I, I don't know what is in the works here, but I feel like that this was a very deliberate move on the part of Conor McGregor. Uh, he's not stupid. He knows what he's doing. He now has millions of eyes on him from a community that prior to this comment and tweet probably did not give a shit about him. And to be quite honest, I think there is something in the works that is probably going to culminate at WrestleMania this year. I mean, Ronda Rousey was involved with the WWE at WrestleMania 31 at Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara. Um, I never thought I would see the day when a commercial for a WWE event would air during a UFC event. And yet we saw that, I think, at UFC 200, where Brock Lesnar uh, returned and was victorious despite failing a drug test earlier that day. But details, details. Um so anyway, Conor McGregor, he knows what he's doing. He has eyes on him. I'm sure Vince McMahon sees dollar signs right now, and uh, I don't think this is going to be the last time that Conor McGregor infuriates the professional wrestling community. Dick move? Yeah, maybe, but a smart move on his part. Uh, you do not have to be a professional wrestler to be a worker, and I think, I think Conor McGregor is working everybody right now and generating interest for something far greater than any of us see right now. 
I don't know. What do you think? I mean, is anybody in WWE even capable of putting up a fight against Conor McGregor if they were put in a real fight situation? Let me know. Tell me what you think. Tweet me at AJ Kirsch. That's A-J-K-I-R-S-C-H. And let me know. Let's get into the fit tip of the week. Fit tip of the week is brought to you by Dynamic Muscle. Uh, if you are involved in any kind of workout program, whether it be weightlifting, whether you're training for an athletic event, if you're just trying to lose weight, uh, if you enjoy yoga or rock climbing or whatever it is, you're going to see accelerated results if you use proper supplementation. I'm talking about protein powder. I'm talking about a pre-workout, a fat burner, a testosterone booster, uh, glutamine to help your muscles repair. Uh, and you can get all of these at Dynamic, that's Dynamic with a K, by the way, DynamicMuscle.com, the official supplement line of world-class bodybuilder Kai Green. If you use code AJ Kirsch at checkout, you can save 10% on your entire order, uh, supplements and apparel. Again, that's Dynamic with a K, DynamicMuscle.com. Thoughts become things. Uh, my fit tip of the week, a lot of people are so concerned with what they eat that they think liquid uh, calories don't count. Uh, they do. And liquid calories uh, can often sabotage what would otherwise be a really clean diet. So if you think, you know, you're, you drink uh, coffee on the regular and you're putting all sorts of shit in it, um, if you're going to Jamba Juice, you would be amazed at how much additional sugar uh, goes into those smoothies. Um, just drink water. I mean, I, it does not... Tastes nearly as good as, say, soda or a smoothie or coffee. It's what your body needs more than anything. I mean, even there's there are times where you're you may feel hungry when in reality you're actually thirsty. It's very easy for you to mistake thirst for hunger. So if you're super hungry, like if you're craving some kind of shitty food, drink a glass or two of water first. Just do it. You you can chug it down in like five seconds. Uh, your body will thank you. Um, I feel like shit when I am not properly hydrated. Um, and when I when I just pay attention to staying hydrated throughout the day, I have more energy. I sleep better. I'm not as hungry throughout the day. So if your health is any kind of priority, and it really fucking should be, concentrate on keeping yourself properly hydrated with just straight-up water. The sugar and calories in soda and uh, coffee and smoothies, uh, your body does not need like most of that shit. So just drink more water. Your body will thank you. Uh, moving on to Jukebox and a song that I want to share that I just really enjoy. Um, and it just puts me in a good mood every time I hear it. I mean, if, I have to, if I'm working on something, I may just leave the song on repeat uh, throughout the day. I listen to it at the gym if I have a hard time getting going. Um, and every song I share, by the way, in this segment is going to be just reeking of positive energy. You're going to be shitting rainbows by the time you're done listening to this, uh, listening to this segment. The song itself is only about three minutes long. So if you don't like what you hear off the bat, just fast forward three minutes and we'll get into the interview with Anton Voorhees. Um, my girlfriend recently turned me on to, um, Sons of Anarchy. I know I'm late to the party. Um, I didn't think anything could fill the hole left by Breaking Bad, um, but Sons of Anarchy is amazing. I love it. I'm like three or four episodes into season two, and uh, I love everything about it, especially the soundtrack. The soundtrack is amazing. If you have not checked out the Sons of Anarchy soundtrack and you like rock or blues, 
uh, just like kind of dusty acoustic stuff, you need to check it out. Um, so this song, they have they have a lot of covers too. They have covers of Stone stuff and Bob Dylan stuff and uh, just all kinds of stuff. Queen, um, Stevie Wonder, like just a whole lot of good stuff. And they got soul stuff too. Like they got Son of a Preacher Man on there. They've got uh, Everyday People. And so what I'm going to play for you right now is uh, by Frankie Perez and the Forest Rangers, which is kind of like the Sons of Anarchy um, house band, if you will. Uh, this is Love is My Religion, and uh, it just, I dare you not to have a smile on your face, and I dare you not to feel uh, just, uh, I dare you not to glow after listening to the song. So, Frankie Perez and the Forest Rangers with Love is My Religion. Love is my religion. Love is my religion. Love is my religion I'll take you to the temple tonight All my days I have been searching To find out what this life is worth Through the books and Bibles of time I made up my mind I don't condemn, I don't convert This is the calling, have you heard? Bring all the lovers to the fold So no one's gonna lose their soul Have to believe it. Love is my 
That song just puts me in a good mood every time I hear it. That was Love Is My Religion by Frankie Perez and the Forest Rangers from the Sons of Anarchy soundtrack. Um, I'm going to be giving you a new song next week, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. There's something about that guitar and just the the harmonies in the background. I don't know. I just, I just feel good every time I hear it. So hope you do too. Um, and with that, let's dive into uh, part one of my chat with the link. To the future, Anton Voorhees. Um, like I said at the top of the show, this is not your typical find your grind interview. Normally, we are uh, talking about somebody's pursuit towards uh, a goal or chasing down their passion or uh, whatever whatever invigorates them. But uh, this time, we're actually talking about something specific. Uh, both Anton and I have uh, wrestled with body issues, um, being a part of professional wrestling, a business that is that relies heavily on aesthetics. Um, both of us, I think, have kind of a skewed image of our bodies compared to most people, and both of us are probably harder on ourselves than anyone else is. So um, we get into all of that. So without further ado, here is part one of my interview with... Anton Voorhees. Talk in the mic for a second. All right. I'm going to talk into the mic. Ooh. And this is me talking into the mic. That's perfect. Awesome. I'll try. I'll, I know that I'll talk louder than this. I do. <laughs> I well, do have a very animated voice. If you're going to talk louder, just hold the mic just a little bit further away. That'd be great. You know how, you know how to do this. You I fucking know. sing. I do. I yeah. do that. You know, you know what you're doing. Sometimes. Sometimes. Occasionally. Uh, well, I've already started rolling. Okay. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Surprise. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Shots fired early on. Uh, I'm here with uh, Anton Voorhees, and, uh, but he does a very unique introduction, and I was thinking about doing it myself because fuck you, but uh-huh. I want you to do it because it's, it's delightful. Oh, okay. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Anton Voorhees, the link. To the future, one-third of the most entertainingly entertaining tag teams in the history of history, the Caution. Caution. Yeah, that's that's it. That's awesome. <laughs> I pop for it every time. Um, thanks for being on. We were talking a little bit before we started rolling, and rather than just kind of making this the typical uh, interview, I mean, it's only the third one, but the last two have really been about uh, pursuing your passions and what you know, just pursuing the life that you want and the things that make you feel whole and alive. Um, but you and I have uh, similar pursuits, uh, most notably professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I wanted to do with this one is, I don't know if it's going to work or whatever. Fuck, fuck the fans. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but uh, I wanted to try something a little bit different and talk about an issue uh, that I think a lot of people struggle with as they pursue pro wrestling and that's body issues. Yes. Uh, because that is something that you and I have both struggled with and continue to. Um, and in a, it might, you know, in a business that is mostly based around aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the other passions that we pursue are as well. Like it's, it's important that you look the part you're looking to, you're looking to play for sure. So I just kind of wanted to get into that uh, more than anything else. But before we get into that, why don't you uh, give our listeners a brief rundown on just who you are and what passions you're pursuing? Sure. Uh, Yeah. Anton Voorhees. That's me. Um, I have so many jobs, especially right now. Um, I am 
wrestling. I'm wrestling mostly at Hood Slam. Let's just say Hood Slam. Um, I am um, working at a theater um, as an actor occasionally. That's how I started getting into theater was acting. Um, I'm also I'm the box office manager for the downtown theater in Fairfield. And I'm currently helping with their children's theater camp, um, teaching kids, like just getting kids kind of a an ability to dip their toe into the waters of, of theater. So we're doing a bunch of songs right now. It's Broadway camp, so they're singing a lot of classic Broadway songs and some modern stuff. Let me just backtrack just a moment. Sure. You were doing theater before you got into pro wrestling, correct? Yes, I've been doing theater since the fourth grade. Okay. Then that's not to say, though, that anybody listening that pro wrestling is all that much different from theater. Uh, no, it's it's definitely much more physical than theater. It's much more painful than yeah. theater. But no, I mean, it's, it's, it's an art form of telling a story like many other art forms are. I mean, it's, it's, it has a lot of similarities. Um, I'm also a playwright. I've written two, two plays, so... Um, I know a little bit about storytelling from a a dialogue standpoint, which I think has helped me in my wrestling promos Mm -hmm. of knowing how to tell a story strictly through spoken word. Um, And yeah, wrestling is telling a story through physical actions in a match within the confines of of the ropes. Yeah. Now, how old were you when you first started watching wrestling? Or I guess when you first started watching wrestling, but also when it first got in your head that it's like, I might just want to give this a shot. Um, I first started watching wrestling when I was really young. Um, my, I know that my parents were still together, and that they got divorced when I was really young. So I know that I was probably like six okay. um, when I first realized like wrestling's really cool. Yeah, um, and started jumping off the couch and yelling off the top turnbuckle and jumping off. What am I doing? But it wasn't until I discovered ECW in high school and saw like Just Incredible and um, Jerry Lynn and Spike Dudley and went, you know what? I might be able to do this because I'm used to seeing, you know, Vader and Rick Steiner and like all these guys, the ultimate warrior, just guys where I'm like, that's not what I look like. I will never look like that. Right. But seeing Spike Dudley in overalls and a tie dye shirt, like, jumping off of stuff I was like oh i could do that yeah i can jump off of stuff i've been doing that forever so yeah ecw made me realize that like this is what i can do like my school counselor was asking people what they wanted to be and i was like i'm gonna be a professional wrestler and she was like i can't help you do that <laughs> I'm like, okay good next yep <laughs> um okay so you you've been into wrestling since you were you were very very young uh, it, it sounds like it's been, I think it's safe to say, a lifelong dream that you actually step through those ropes. Oh, yeah. Um, it's been kind of the same for me. Like, I mean, I knew of wrestling when I was younger, but it wasn't until I was like 12 that I was just like absolutely captivated by pro wrestling. Sure. But, uh, and you know, it was guys like Shawn Michaels, and, and I was a WWF guy back in the day, so it was like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, mm-hmm. and then it was just on the cusp of Stone Cold Steve Austin blowing up, which was... Really exciting time to be a fan. But uh, I remember watching those guys, too, and just being like... And then, you know, flipping back and forth between channels and seeing, like, Lex Luger. Mm-hmm. And just being like, oh, my God, this guy is freaking... He's a superhero. He's yeah. freaking shredded out of his mind. And then 
I like looked down and, you know, I was a doughy kid. Like I was really out of shape going mm-hmm. into up until my the summer between my junior and senior year of high school. So it was kind of like, oh man, yeah. like I didn't really believe that I could do it because I didn't look like that. And then, I mean, I, I was a casual fan in the eighties. So it's like Hulk Hogan and ultimate warrior and Randy Savage and all these guys. And even though Savage didn't have like near the physique that Hogan or, or warrior had back in the day. But even then it was just like, I don't even look like that. Like, well, yeah, is... I mean, especially in WWF. I mean, once he got to WCW, he started, he got a lot bigger. Yeah. Real quick. <laughs> and he, he got more hair too. It was weird. <laughs> the magic man. Yeah. <laughs> the badness. But, um, but yeah, it wasn't until I read an interview with Mick Foley, who along with Shawn Michaels was like the guy that made me want to become a pro wrestler. Um, which isn't a weird duo, I think, <laughs> like just super different from each other. Yeah. But uh, he was like, if you can't join a pro wrestling school, then you should join your high school wrestling team. If you're not old enough to join a pro wrestling school to sign the waivers and everything, mm-hmm. or if your parents won't sign for you, you should join your high school wrestling team because a lot of the fundamentals that translate from uh, amateur wrestling, you know, carry over really well into professional wrestling. Um, but again, at the time I was just like eating pizza and French fries every day for lunch at the cafeteria. Mm. I was a video game dork. So all I really did was, you know, I'd go to school, I'd go home and I'd play video games yep. until I was told I couldn't anymore. And then I would do my homework and go to sleep. Like video I was, games are for nerds. Yeah. <laughs> dorks. <laughs> uh, we're all, we're all nerds. We're all nerds and dorks. Um, so it just always felt like an uphill battle yeah. for me, and I'm sure I'm sure it did for you too. I mean, uh, what was it like for you when you first like? What was your image of your body when you first like want entertain the idea of pursuing this? Um, the the thing was is that like I I remember watching wrestling so much that I just that's what I thought you like turned into like. Anton Voorhees is evolving into professional wrestler, and I would just look like, you know, uh, I would look like Lex Luger. I just thought that that's what happened when you got older. You got bigger, and unfortunately for me... But by bigger, you mean more muscular. Yeah, and and taller. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately for me, I that did not happen. I, I think by the time I graduated, I was probably like 160 pounds. Yeah. Like I, and I too was eating pizza and playing a lot of video games. Like I ran around a lot. Like I was very active, like, but I didn't play sports. I wrestled, I amateur wrestled in junior high and gave a kid a DDT. (laughs) (laughs) And the ref was some like high school wrestler and saw it and was like, you can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) But he popped for it. Yeah. Um, my record was, uh, I think I was like one and four. So All right. not, not the winningest yeah. of, of wrestlers. It's better than my record. Um, and, uh, I mean, it, it wasn't wrestling. I was like, oh, this isn't what I wanted to do. This isn't professional wrestling. Did you get into wrestling in junior high thinking it was pro wrestling? No, but I thought it was, it, it must be similar enough. Yeah. And it was not. And plus, my junior high wasn't trying to train you to be something. They were like, this is kind of the idea. Go out there and figure it. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I have also, a blast. I also ran track in junior high, and like, I don't feel like they taught us anything. They're like, go run. Good. 
<laughs> Good. Be faster. <laughs> jump higher. Like yeah. I did. I did like the hundred meter and the two hundred meter, the relay and the high jump, and I had, was never taught anything. Like they just went like, "Oh yeah, you're fast. Do that. Go do that." <laughs> like, oh okay. So yeah, wrestling was similar. Like. They weren't trying to make you better. They were just like, yeah, go out there and do it. Yeah. I was like, what is this, Little League? Like, just hit the ball. Something will happen. Yeah, like, run the bases. That's all yeah. they do. Um, but, yeah, that's why I tried to get into wrestling. But then in high school, I didn't do anything. That's when I really got into theater. And, yeah, I, was, I started working out. I didn't really start working out until, like, my senior year. And I remember distinctly this cute girl that was, like, a friend of my group, like, one day was just like, hey, you're starting to look pretty good in a tank top. And I was like, thank you, in a sad way. <laughs> <laughs> starting to look good in a tank top. Starting. I don't know what I look like now, but <laughs> it's not good yet. Um, so, yeah, and then once you... The sad thing is, like, now I guess I'm just going to get right into the body issues. Let's get into it. Um, when I first started wrestling, I was still like 165, 170 maybe. And still in my head, that's what I think of myself, which is a weird paradox because not only do I think of myself as being this little 170-pound, 165-pound person, I also think of myself as being fat, yeah. which <laughs> don't go together. I know that I, don't, that I don't weigh that, but that's how I picture myself. So when I'm in the ring with guys that, I, that are possibly the same size as me, I still think of myself as being small, Yeah, which... I need to figure out, like, ahead of time, like, no, I'm the same size as this guy. I don't have to oversell for this guy anymore. Yeah. And to a certain extent, I, I agree. Like, I still kind of feel like that pear-shaped doughy kid in high school, even mm. though I have absolutely no reason to believe that. Yeah. Like, none. I have not, no reason to believe that. But still, I just... I've seen the photo shoots. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm in, right now, too, I'm in, like... Probably the best shape of my life, but at the same time, I'm just like, it's easy to just never be satisfied. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm a big, actually, like, proponent of that. There's a quote that goes, satisfaction is the death of desire. And I feel like when you reach a point where you're just complacent and you're just like, oh, this is good, then there's no, you're not compelled to get better. Mm-hmm. But the downside of that is, too, when you reach a certain point where it's like you're seeing results and you're starting to look the way you want to look, and that makes you feel the way you want to feel, looking in the mirror like first thing in the morning when I'm dehydrated and, you know, the leanest I am all day, I'm just like, I could still be better. I could still, there's things I still don't like about myself, even though the picture looks great, but I'm mm-hmm. just like, I don't know. It's yeah. weird. Yeah, it's definitely a, a double-edged sword, catch-22, paradox, whatever cliche you want to throw at it. Yeah. Where, like, I, I agree with you 100% in that I have this, uh, I don't know, mantra. Mantra? Mantra? Mantra. Sure. Yeah. Um, just, like, never, never stop trying to be better at everything, whether it's your job, whether it's, your friends, your relationship, your body, yourself, your, I mean, wrestling, art, theater, whatever I'm doing, like, no part of me is like, I'm good enough. Like, no, no, not, I could be better at everything, 
which is, a, I think, the best way to, to look at anything is that you never stop trying to get better. If you can be a better person in any way, like, yeah, you should be striving to do that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it means on the, the glass is half empty, you're never good enough. You right. will never be good enough, um, which is kind of sad. But, yeah, so I, I feel you. It's just, it's... It's a good and bad thing to be stuck in. It just depends on how you're how you're looking at it. Right, and it's if you can see yourself getting better too, like that helps. Like I, uh, my the first interview for this podcast was uh, Joaquin Lowe, who has been a friend of mine since we were like six. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier this year, became a published author, and so I was talking to him just about the ups and downs of what it's like trying to be a professional writer. Sure, and. Uh, he was on the water polo team, and he was—he's not a small guy. Okay, he, he wasn't like, especially in high school. Like, he's—he's he's lost uh, some weight since then, but he's not a small guy. Mm-hmm. And in high school, he was right there with me, just eating shitty food and playing video games, and sure. that was all we were doing. And he was on the water polo team. He was uh, the goalie on the water polo team, and he's just like, "Hey, man, well, you know, I was confided in him. I was just like, look, I don't like how I look or how I feel. Like, you know, I don't." I just don't feel comfortable in my own skin. And he was like, well, why don't you just come out and join the water polo team? Like, it doesn't matter that you've never played before. They need people on the team. Otherwise it's water polo. No one wants to play this game. Nobody wants to We just cut each other with our toenails. It's not fun. (laughs) No one likes it. There's limbs everywhere under the water. We don't know who's who, but, uh, I did. And I mean, it was, it kicked my ass, but at the same time, I remember the moment where I started seeing results and being a big pro wrestling fan. I was, you know, just, mesmerized by these muscular vascular yeah. adonises and i just remember looking at my arms one day and i mean this sounds a little weird but like seeing the veins in my arms i was like mm-hmm. oh look this is look at look at that this look is at me being vascular and look, shit yeah this is actually working and then from there it gave me the confidence to you know that with the mcfoley interview i joined the wrestling team and that is where uh, I picked up the discipline that I have to this day with just eating right and uh, working out just constantly. I don't know. I don't know when it's going to be enough. Like I like how I look right now, and I'm mm-hmm. doing it safely and in a way that I also feel really good. But there are just there are just those moments where I'm just like I don't know. I mean, there are moments where I just want to just kind of throw my hands up and be like, "Fuck it, I'm going to Denny's. And I'm getting everything." Yeah, I'm fucking getting everything, and I'm chowing my fucking face off. Yeah, and I mean that's that's the one thing that I kind of regret about high school is that I didn't play any sports and I didn't develop that mindset. Like, I have a couple friends, like uh, let's say Chris Kelly, for example, former East Bay Pro Wrestling champion. Um, he wrestled throughout high school and like when he started becoming a professional wrestler, um, like he definitely, he started years after I did. I want to say like five years after I did, cause I think he's five years in and I'm 10 years in, uh, math. So <laughs> numbers, but when he first started, he just had this discipline and this attitude about doing it that I did not have. Like luckily, and maybe this is arrogance, but I was really good <laughs> naturally when I started wrestling because I've been watching it forever. And I may have backyarded a little bit. Um, I think most people are our age that are in pro wrestling have backyarded a little bit. I'm yeah. pretty sure most of the current WWE roster who's like under 35 backyarded yeah. a little bit. 
Um, not that I suggest you should do that, listeners. You really shouldn't. You shouldn't. It's not it's safe. stupid. I have a scar on my head from it because I'm an idiot. Anywho, um, yeah, he just had this discipline that I was like, I wish that I had that. I don't, and I don't know how to get it. For, uh, for example, like, have you ever been, like, getting ready to lift heavy, and you're just getting yourself all pumped up, and you're like, I'm going to do this, and you just get in that mindset, and you're intense, and you're like, fuck the world, and you just do it? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I've never done that. <laughs> I've n- I'm not able to do it. Like, I'll try to do it, and then I'll sit back on the bench, and I'll look at the weight, and I'll smile and be like, <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> that didn't work. I'll try to lift it anyway, but I just I can't get into that zone there. Like, I can act on stage and get into a zone and I can cry and be like, oh, my child died. Like, I could, I could cry right now if you wanted me to. Yeah. Like, I can get into that zone, but, like, I can't get into that, like, mental, like, pumped up workout mentality. Like, it's just, I don't know how it's done. And that's, I think, a problem that, uh, that I'm going to have to deal with, like, forever when I get into the gym. Unless I can somehow learn how to do that, which I have not been able to do. What is your process like getting ready for a match? Like, how do you get into that headspace? I mean, this is a little bit off topic, but sure. like, you know, this is something I want to ask just about everybody who's involved in pro wrestling that I chat with, or pretty much anybody who just goes from backstage to being in front of however many people. Like, what is that process like? Um, it has changed throughout my, uh, my wrestling career. Um, I do remember, I swear I'll get to your question. That's cool. But I remember my very first match, I was sitting there listening for my music, and I had been acting for years and years and years. So, like, this just felt like I was about to go on. Like, so it didn't, nothing happened. Like, nothing was going, like, I didn't have butterflies. I wasn't nervous. Hmm. I was listening for my music, and I remember it was my, before my first match, I was in Oregon for some reason. And, like, an alarm was going off in the building, just in general. Like, oh, someone triggered the alarm. And I'm trying to listen for my music over that alarm. And someone, probably Derevko, came up to me and was just like, hey, kid, you nervous? And I was like, no, not at all. I just want to know if my music's playing. Yep, it's playing. And then I went out there. Like, my mentality was like, I don't know, when do, when do I go out? Like, yeah. There wasn't a lot of thought there. Um, but now, before I'm getting ready for a match, you know, I like to talk to the guy about whatever. But the way I prepare for a match is I take whatever we talk about and I think about how I'm going to sell that and what that's going to lead into. Hmm. I stopped worrying, like, we'll figure out the moves that we're going to do or whatever, but then I think about what I'm selling and why I'm getting into the next part of the match. Like, that's how I prepare for a match, is me going over how I'm going to sell, whether I'm doing offense or taking offense. I'm figuring out what I'm selling and what I'm emoting, what I'm putting out there and what kind of story I'm putting on for a crowd. Right. And then do you, was there a point or is, is right now that point uh, or was there ever a point where your physique made you more or less confident when you got out there? Like, did that ever cross your mind after you walked through the curtain or were you, or was it, cause I've had those moments too, like where, if I was like behind the curtain getting ready, this is back when I was like wrestling more often, but I would just like kind of look down and just not be in the best of shape and just be like, Oh my God, I should not even be going out there right now. Yeah, I have. So when I first started wrestling, I was your stereotypical indie wrestler. I had the baggy pleather shorts, (laughs) kick pads, 
um, old AJ Styles necklace with a ring on it. Yeah. Because I w- was just straight up copying him. Just like, <laughs> he does this, I do this. <laughs> um, and like, I was wrestling with no shirt on. And then that was always my goal was like, just keep getting better. Like you're, you're fine right now. You're comfortable now. I wasn't happy with my physique, but I was comfortable to wrestle shirtless. Were you shooting for that? I don't know. I mean, who was your, who was your guy? Like, who was the guy that you would look at and be like, I want that body. Um, I think at, at first I was hoping to look like, I don't know, maybe like a Kidman. Okay. Um, but then, because I always saw myself as small, and like I mean like WCW Kidman. I don't mean like later Who on. Who wrestled in, in a tank top, by the way? True, but like he could have taken the tank top off. It True. Was more, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I don't think that was because he was embarrassed. I think it was more because of the gimmick. Yeah. But um, like I wanted to be somewhat muscular, and um, now that I'm older and like I've actually gotten bigger in like. Uh, this is what an adult is supposed to like. So at some point, I started just like, oh, I have an adult body now. Yeah, yeah. Where I was a child for way too long. <laughs> um, until I was like 27, I had like teenager body. Um, so now, yeah, I would love to look like AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I think he's about my height. I don't think he's. He's not a tall person. Yeah, I don't think he's like, at the tallest, he's like six yeah. feet tall. Um. So I'm like, I should be able to do that. Plus, he's a lot older than me. So I'm like, I, I should be able to get to him. Yeah. He doesn't look like he's on anything. Like he looks like he's natural. So yeah, that that would be my goal. And I don't I don't know how to get there, but that's my goal. Right. <laughs> um. But yeah, and at some point in wrestling, like I got to a point where I was like, and I'm gonna start wearing a singlet. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna start wearing a singlet, and it was the worst day, but I had to do it. I was like, I'm not gonna wrestle shirtless anymore because i saw some pictures and was like no you you're too jiggly and like now i'm not as bad as i was in theory i think i could wrestle shirtless like people have said like you could get away with it but i'm still not necessarily comfortable with it but like i've seen pictures and i mean it's hard to gauge because like like you see john cena and he's all shredded up but, like, when he's sitting there breathing heavy, like, his stomach sticks out. He's right. got abs, but his stomach sticks out. I have a singlet, so when my stomach sticks out, I just look fat. <laughs> I just look like I have a pot belly, which I don't. Uh, I, at least I hope I don't. Um, so it's hard. That's always a thought that I have, like, especially on my entrance. Because I've taken so many pictures where I come out for the entrance. We're doing stupid caution stuff. Right. Ian's doing something weird. I'm just not even thinking about anything, and like a picture's taken, and my singlet's like sticking out over my tights, and I'm just like, "Oh, you fat fuck! You gotta <laughs> think this thing, think about it during your entrance, because that's when there's gonna be taking pictures of you that you cannot be like, well, I was breathing heavy in the match. Like, yeah. no, you weren't. You're just your gut sticking." <laughs> it's funny you mention that because I'm thinking about Hood Slam, and you know, at the time that we're recording this, it's two days before our big. We call it the 4th of July show, but it's on Friday, July 1st. Hashtag America. Hashtag America, free to freak. Hashtag butt stuff. And butt stuff. (laughs) And shout out to Batman Well. Batman Well. Justice. Um, And, like, I'm just 
thinking about my entrance and I'm going to be doing it shirtless because I don't know, because America, that's why. And, uh, I'm like, I can't be breathing, taking heavy breaths. I need mm-hmm. to be exhaling as hard as I can because I want to look, I want to, I want those pictures to pop up over the next couple of days. And I want to be like, that's what I want to look like. Like mm-hmm. when people are looking at pictures of me, I want them to see that and be like, that's, that's what AJ looks like. Because how often do you think about posing? Like when you're out there doing stuff, like are you are you constantly aware? I'm pretty aware. Oh, yeah, man, I can't. I think it's the theater background where like my brain just gets lost in like what I'm doing. The, yeah. like I never think about it. But I don't. You, I'm not doing nearly as much physically as anybody else is at Hood Slam, though. Fair, but your brain's got to be racing, just thinking of stuff to say, thinking of like clever things thinking about like who's what where you're from how much i'm making up that you weigh tonight well yeah but i i do all that behind a fucking commentary table and that's hidden by the table and monitors and my giant foam fuck you and giant foam (laughs) fuck you (laughs) i took a trending worldwide (laughs) i I took a kurt angle you suck i remember the big foam Mm -hmm. you suck and i just cut the you was on top and then i just cut it off and put it at the bottom and then turned the um Put an F over the S, so then it says "fuck you." Um, but I, I can hide behind the commentary table. I'm thinking about just my entrance because, as far as the in-ring stuff, all I have is the. And not to say that it's it's small by any means. Like I'm thrilled that all I have is is to go in the ring and just flip off the crowd and fucking run my mouth. Oh yeah, you have the best job at Hood Slam. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'll be the first to admit it too. But uh, I'm thinking about like how am I going to look on the turnbuckle and like hopping over the top rope? And like, I'd want those pictures and I want that crowd to just be like, you know, I want them to be in awe. And yeah, for sure. You're the first thing that they are going to see besides the hood slam band. Right. And so I want to set the tone for the night. And you know, I just, there, there've been times where I just feel like I thank God I can get away with wearing a tank top because yep. there are times where I feel totally out of shape. I don't want to feel like that really ever, but I'm making a point not to feel that way for this show just because there's a whole slew of gigs, you know, surrounding it. And it mm-hmm. would, I mean, it would, but also for the like acting and, and commercial stuff, like it would do me good to stay in top shape as much as I possibly can for sure. And no, burger or you know pile of fries or whatever is is worth feeling feeling shitty i forgot how i got here what were we talking about it's a good question fuck hood slam and oh so we were talking about do you when you're out there after your entrance and everything else you're worried about i mean you were talking about the pictures and Mm -hmm. like in the ring is there ever a moment where you're just like in a rear chin lock or something, and you just like, oh, I don't like the way my stomach's feeling right no, now. No, I don't think of it then. Literally, the only thing that, <laughs> oh, hashtag butt stuff. The butt only stuff. thing that happens where I am thinking about pictures is I do my what I call my Randy Orton cell. Because there was a, a time period when Orton was maybe a couple years in the WWE, and I started noticing that he would put him... I don't know if he would do it on purpose. It had to be on purpose. But he would end up like selling in the most homoerotic ways. Like he'd take something and like sell his legs up onto the rope so his ass was just up in the air and his face was down on the mat. And I was like, that's so good. That's so good. And I logged it away for a long time because that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, 
And so now, like, that's the only thing that I ever think of when it comes to pictures is, like, I will take something and almost every man, like, it's, it's too often at this point, but I'll take something and just roll over, just face down, ass up, and just like, <laughs> yeah, here, take pictures of this. <laughs> I do not skip leg day. I'm going to keep an eye out for that right now. And then, uh, not right now, he's not, gonna about, he's not about to do it right now. I mean, from here on out, if I'm calling a match of yours, I'm going to keep an eye out, and then I'm just going to yell face down, ass up, and hope that the rest of the crowd yells, that's the way we like to fuck. Um, yeah, it definitely happened last night. Um, <laughs> I, I missed it. I don't remember it. I, I took something. Last night at a nightclub fight club in Sacramento. Yeah, I took something, and like, as I, I think it was, uh, I took the, the head choke slam yeah. gimmick from Pyramid Head. Ooh. Scared the dog. Uh, oh, I took right. the I took the the head choke slam, and like as I was taking it, I heard some guy next to the ring. Um, hey, Riot, come on, we'll edit this out. Yeah, move your ass. <laughs> um, I heard some guy next to the ring say something like "Come on, Link" or something like that. As I took it, and so I just like took it and my feet were facing him anyway. So I took it and rolled over, and he just got ass just right <laughs> in his face. I was like, this is the cell that you get. Enjoy. You're, you're welcome. That's what you get for speaking up. Yep. You, you want to support me? Support this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is literally the only time I think of pictures like during a match. Okay. And as I see the hour mark approaching, I think I'm going to put a pause in this conversation right now. Uh, tune into the next episode of Find Your Grind to hear part two of my chat with Anton Voorhees as we continue to discuss... Uh, body issues and body image, um, particularly as it relates to being involved in the world of professional wrestling. Um, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Find Your Grind. A couple new segments. Uh, what do you think? Let me know. Uh, tweet me at AJ Kirsch. That's A-J-K-I-R-S-C-H. Uh, just search for that name on Facebook and you can find me on there as well. And then uh, one more time, real quick, just want to bring some attention to those uh, unique events coming up this weekend, both on Friday, August the 12th. I make my pay-per-view announcing debut on the Lingerie Fighting Championships, LFC 21, Naughty and Nice. It's available on every major cable and pay-per-view provider. Uh, and then also the Rock's uh, Rock the Promo Competition. New episode drops on his YouTube channel this Friday around noon Pacific time. YouTube.com slash The Rock. Uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes so you are sure to catch the next episode as soon as it drops. So... I'm your host, AJ Kirsch, and I cordially invite you to kick ass, take names, and find your grind. Laters.